Blog Talk Radio. So we've got people lined up for questions. I just got one more because you used the word Christian. Have you ever asked God for forgiveness? That's a tough question. I, I don't think in terms of I have. I'm, I'm a religious person. Shockingly, because people are so shocked when they find this out. Uh, I'm Protestant. I'm Presbyterian. And I go to church, and I love God, and I love my church. And Norman Vincent Peale, the great Norman Vincent Peale was my pastor. The power of positive thinking. Everybody's heard of Norman Vincent Peale. He was so great. He would give a sermon. He never wanted to leave. Sometimes we have sermons, and every once in a while we think about leaving a little early, right? Even though we're Christian. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, Frank, would give a sermon. Would give a sermon. I'm telling you, I still remember his sermons. It was unbelievable. And what he would do is he'd bring real-life situations, modern-day situations, into the sermon. And you could listen to him all day long. When you left the church, you were disappointed by the result. He was the greatest guy. And then, you know, he passed away, but he was a great the, the, He wrote the power of positive thinking, which is great. But have you ever asked God for forgiveness? I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job. I don't think so. I think I, if, I, if I do something wrong, I think I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into that picture. I don't. Now, when I take, you know, when we go and church and, and when I drink my little wine, which is about the only wine I drink, and have my little cracker, I guess that's a form of asking for forgiveness. And I do that as often as possible because I feel cleansed, okay? But, uh, you know, to me, that's important. I do that. But in terms of officially, I should, I see, I could say absolutely, and everybody, I don't think in terms of that. I, I think in terms of let's go on and let's make it right. The Trumpocalypse, ladies and gentlemen. We've had best-selling books released along those titles. Horseman of the Trumpocalypse, a field guide to the most dangerous people in America. Trumpocalypse Now. It is amazing to me how many books are being published along these lines. It truly does bother me that clip that I just played right out of the horse's mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, I am on public record before he was elected saying that he would be elected and that everybody would regret it. That's a fact. Ladies and gentlemen, it amazes me how many times in history a singular individual was hoped would bring great prosperity. Instead, brought the doom of that very nation. Oh, it's happened more than once, ladies and gentlemen. I truly do wonder what it's going to take.
Are you going to pull those pistols or whistle Dixie?
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this special edition. Tonight, uh, we are staying our hand on doing an end time tribune uh, due to personal loss. Uh, the bride will not be joining Clinton and I tonight, but we have many things to discuss. You know, it would seem that this week has been a whirlwind for me. You take a shot to one side personally, and in the same window of opportunity, you get sucker punched. And well, of course, we we know that is the modus operandi of our enemy. And no one is better at it than he. So Clinton and I got into some conversations this week. Uh, Clinton was obviously being driven along, uh, doing a lot of work on some things behind the background. So let's get him on and uh, let's get his thoughts on everybody writing books, everybody putting out information along these lines, left and the right. Uh, Some so-called Christian authors uh, publishing books along these same lines, but both the right and the left, things are just – well, let's get Clinton's take on the Trumpocalypse. What's your thoughts, Clinton? <laughs> it's like uh, how deep down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Um, we we have, from a political standpoint, we have, as we talked about numerous different times, but we have this development that's going on saying that the Clintons were involved with uranium trading with Russia um, that Obama may be involved with overlooking Hezbollah, uh, that Trump um, has had numerous cabinet members, um, you know, arrested for <laughs> collusion with, uh, you know, Russia. And in the midst of this, we also have allegations of um, abuse of power in Israel as well. Um, <laughs> so this, this like web of, of, Trump is spreading everywhere. I mean, people don't really know that Trump and Netanyahu are really good friends, um, even before Trump became president of the United States. And what is happening in in Jerusalem is is prophetic. There's no other way of putting it. And, I mean, just just in the last week, we we have Trump that recognized Jerusalem as the, the capital of Israel. We have the U.N. that says, no, Trump, you don't have the authority to do that because you're just the United States. And then you have the United States say, well, we actually are a founding member of the United Nations, so we veto your decision to say that we don't have the authority to recognize Jerusalem. So the United Nations has a surprise vote um, to, to then say that they disagree with Trump on his resolution. And Trump's response is he's going to pull all funding away from every country that vote against us, which is pretty much every one of our allies. Just pull funding from them. Pull the money back. And that's just the the edge of the iceberg. 
So I'll, I'll hand it back over to you, Matthew, since we got started on that. We, we are going to talk about that. You and I discussed it privately yesterday. It seems like two or three conversation. I was busy driving, um, and it seems like I, I called you two or three times about this financial side of things which people don't see coming. Uh, they can't perceive it, but you know, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's really think about what he stated there on air live about his preacher, Norman Vincent Peale. L- ladies and gentlemen, I hope everybody understands the ramification of that. Um, Peel's theology was condemned to be heresy 1961 uh, in the publication Modern Heresies uh, they came right out and said it and it is Uh, then Union Theological Seminary as well stated and I will quote this new cult is dangerous Anything which corrupts the gospel hurts Christianity, and it hurts people too. It helps them to feel good while they are evading the real issues of life. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you know how many people come out and condemned him. I hope you understand that – let me read a few quotes. From John Crum, Episcopal theologian and bishop, about the <laughs> heresy uh, of Mr. Peel's teaching. The emphasis upon techniques such as repetition of confident phrases or the manipulation of certain mechanical devices, which Peel says gives the impression of thoroughly depersonalized religion. Very little is said about the sovereign mind and purpose of God. Much is made of the things men can say to themselves and could do to bring about their ambitions. The predominant use of impersonal symbols for God is a serious and dangerous invitation to regard man as the center of reality and the divine reality as an impersonal power the use and purpose of which is determined by the man who takes hold of it and employs it as he thinks best. Ladies and gentlemen, it amazes me. I've, this past week, two individuals said they were experts on the prosperity gospel, and they didn't even know where it came from. I immediately asked them where it came from. They had no name to give me. They start belching out these preachers that are on the scene today. No, they came from the same pulpit that married the present POTUS. And if you don't know that, I if you didn't watch that interview live or get the video clip from YouTube... And hear him say he had no reason to repent. 
And yet, when I go to these Christian ministry websites and the first thing they have is a banner to Trump, we got we have existential problems inside the ecclesia because uh, John Crumb was right in 1961. He was correct. He wasn't the only one to refer to this teaching as a cult. Okay, let's just talk about the Methodist, all right? Bishop Oxum of the Methodist Church, Washington, D.C. Here's what he said. When you are told that if you follow seven easy rules, you will become president of your company, you're being kidded. There just aren't enough of that many openings. This kind of preaching is making Christianity a of success. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate to tell you this. But Trump admitted it with his own mouth where he got it from. And everybody agreed that was a Protestant, by the way. This was heresy and a cult. So, <coughs> take note, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know your history... It's going to come back and bite you. It really is. But Clinton has brought up things right now that's chilling. My standard deposit in the bank. I always say this. Really? Really? Okay. Let's go back to your first president that you called the perfect conservative president. Let, let's just go back. Remember Reagan? Let me ask you this one more time. What's the number one cause of death in America to American citizens? That's right, abortion. So, did Ronald Reagan overturn that abortion, and do we now have prayer in schools? No. No. Has Trump said anything about abortion or prayer in schools? Of course not, ladies and gentlemen, and he's not going to. And it seems like to me we're being completely set up. Brian and I did massive videos and broadcast on the One Belt, One Road. And if you can't figure out that the new world's not included in that. I don't know what particular references that I can give you so that you can go research that stuff and find it out for yourself. All the trade agreements, do you know what's happened here since all those trade agreements were broken? They were remade. With Russia and China. Now, on top of that, 
That being true, of course those particular countries that we send funding to, we'd want to cut it off if we cut off our trade deals with them because, ladies and gentlemen, surely the American people are not that dumb. Don't you realize that if we send aid to any country, of course we want to have open trade with them so we get some of our own money back. Don't you don't you realize that when you look across the board at these countries, just pick one. How much aid do they receive a year from the United States? Then flip the coin over and see how much trade they do with the U.S. Uh, let me ask Clinton this because he is a financial guru, shall we say. Clinton, have you heard anybody talking about the ramifications of all of our trade deals being killed? And what's that going to do to the global economy? Is that going to speed things up nice and nice and neatly? And do you think this has anything to do with the real reason as to why funding would be cut to these nations? Because, of course, they was going to take their funding and spend it on the One Belt, One Road. Of course that's what they were going to use our dollars to do. Have you seen any end-time expert out there talking about this, Clinton? And what's your thoughts on it? No, I, I, I don't see anyone even trying to touch this. Um, to try to explain what is going on on that kind of level, I mean, most are just uh, looking at the aliens coming and trying to trying to compare to that instead of what's going on with the world economy. Now, what what's happened is since Trump has come into power, he has destroyed the TPP. He's basically destroyed NATO um, or NAFTA, I should say. Um, we, he's basically every trade agreement that we've had. He's he says that they need to be renegotiated, and and the problem is is once the United States pulls out, then these countries are just turning to the east. So they're turning straight to China. Well, China makes most everything. So everyone buys a lot of products from China. They just like to trade along with the United States because they like to have the United States buy their stuff. What Donald Trump doesn't realize is we pay them to get their factories and get their businesses running to make stuff that we then buy from them. That's that's how it works. Um, so if we're not going to pay them to build businesses and factories to make stuff that we then buy from them, then who's going to make them? You know, unless he ma- has a massive infrastructure plan, which he is trying to talk about, saying that he's going to spend all this money in the United States building all this stuff in the United States. But what you have to realize is you have all these factories built elsewhere. You have all these products being built elsewhere. To build those factories in the United States, to hire the personnel, to train the personnel, to get everything up and running will take years. You don't do that just overnight. So, so breaking these agreements, they're going to find a buyer. And right now the Chinese government has so much money saved up, and their people have so much money saved up because they've told their people to save everything. So they're in a situation where they can pretty much go and start buying whatever they want. And they started doing that with Russia. 
I mean, that's their, their major trade agreement is with Russia. And they're expanding out through the Middle East. I mean, you see the agreements that they've made with Iran, with the agreements that they've made recently with Syria, how they've even moved some of their military into Syria. So, so this one belt, one road is an attempt to create that bond between China and the UN, the EU, Europe. Because Europe, if you don't get natural gas, you will freeze to death. That's just the nature of Europe. And that's why Ukraine is such a big deal, and that's why Crimea was such a big deal, is because you have to have a way of, to get natural gas from either the Middle East or Russia to Europe. You have to. And, well, China has a plan for that as well. The plan is to work along with Russia, work along with Iran, to funnel that directly through the Middle East, through Syria, into the Mediterranean. That was the plan. And, uh, well, everything is moving towards that. And Trump is only helping this. With us pulling funding out of, these, out of all of our allies, it turns everyone against us. And the only country that's not against us is Israel. So basically, we have the situation that we have Israel and the United States versus the world. So congratulations for the isolationists that wanted to pull everyone back into the United States and make America great again because, well, you're accomplishing your goal. The problem is you're bringing Israel into the mix. And, and this is, that's where everything gets prophetic. That's where everything is getting out of hand. And I think people are starting to actually see this this out-of-handness. But no, when it comes to understanding like how things move, how the politics move, how the world leaders move, how the economics move, none of these prophecy teachers are even trying to understand that. I don't, I don't know if they don't have the ability to or they just don't want to uh, because it, it does take a lot of time and it does take a lot of understanding. So that's the best answer I can give you, Matthew. Let me ask you this, Clinton. How is the retail sector going? <laughs> well, all year long it's been horrible. I and mean, we've had more uh, retail businesses close this year than any other year ever, including right before the 2008 crisis or directly after the 2008 crisis. Um, we have some weird Numbers that came out recently, they're saying that some numbers, you know, some sales are up or housing sales are up in the month of December, which historically are never up. So it's some, some weird data coming out now. But overall, the, the retail industry is down. And they anticipate this Christmas season being drastically down. And the problem is our entire retail industry is based off of this one time of year. They, they pumped up Christmas so much. And, you know, that they have to rely on the Christmas sales to sustain anything the entire year. The last couple of years of Christmas sales have been absolutely horrible. Well, this year they anticipate it to be very, very bad. That's the only thing that I can think of is that when it comes to what's happening to the world economy, when you, when you think of 
the, all this funding being pulled from the world economy. You have the euro that's already unstable. You have this anomaly of Bitcoin that is, is fluctuating throughout the world, and no one knows what to do with Bitcoin. Um, I mean, it's, it's gone from 200 bucks in 2014 to 20000 and then in one day it lost 44% of its value all the way down from 20000 to 11000 uh, The volatility is, is immense. And then they, they brag about how it went from 11000 back up to 13000 But this is just a stereotypical, I guess the definition would be dead cap outs. When, when, and this you can see is basically the smart money pulling out and the dumb money pulling in. Uh, it's kind of an essence. The people that are the smart money are the, are the ones that bought it at 200 bucks um, and then sold it at 20000 the, the dumb money are the ones that bought it at 11000 and brought it back up to 13000 because ultimately it's going to go up for a short period of time and then it goes back down. The, the Federal Reserve, the, the world banks are not going to allow currencies to be unregulated. They're not going to let, let this happen. And they've come out saying that they're going to further the regulations in January. So this, this crypto boom, this, this hope that so many people have to break the system, to make money outside of the system, is, is unfortunately something that is, is a facade. Um, Matthew and I talked about how no one knows who the founder of Bitcoin is. I mean, this, this person is supposedly born in 1975 and one of the richest men alive or women alive or humans alive. We don't know because no one knows who this person is. Just think of that. No one knows who created Bitcoin. That person is one of the wealthiest humans alive. And they created something out of nothing. <laughs> so the well, that the, me the whole concept of this. Go ahead. Well, that that reminds me of something Brian and I discussed. That he got information that it was a woman that had invented Bitcoin, and she had been assassinated. Now, you look in the news and look at the Wikipedia article, and ladies and gentlemen, this was my response to. Clinton, I mean, this is what occurred to me naturally when we talked about this privately. Clinton gives out a diatribe, and I just say, wait a minute, let me get this right. This time, we don't have the (laughs) – we're not even going to have a patsy this time? Ladies and gentlemen. If this thing blows up, if it goes from a Bitcoin boom to a Bitcoin bang, we can't even blame it on anybody? The Patsy's always supposed to have three names, right? You're supposed to always include the middle name, right? This time we don't even have one? And we're talking about the general public. The general public don't know who this person is or if they even exist. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know what country they're from. We don't know if it's male or a female. I mean, 
Now, that is the perfect black op scenario. Somebody destroyed the economy, and we don't even have their address. If that person being the richest person on the planet, where did they pay taxes? You don't see this coming? This will be the perfect assassination of a currency without a patsy. And this is what the American people think. You know, let's go back to that picture in everybody's mind's eye of that great big cargo ship heading to Walmart. They're absolutely phenomenal. Huge. Clinton, uh, what type, what quality of items are shipped on that those cargo ships? Are they very high-quality items? Everything. Uh, everything that we buy uh, from China is shipped on those things. Oh, really? So you would say that if there was a shipment of pearls, they would be on those cargo ships? Uh-oh. You know, you may fly, you may fly something like that, but yeah, I mean, most everything's going to be shipped. Okay, so you think there would be gold and silver bars on those Walmart cargo ships? Okay, it's it's common knowledge that the bulk of the items on those ships are junk. Most importantly, plastic junk. <laughs> I mean, just ask my wife. When we first got married, you could buy a vacuum cleaner, any vacuum cleaner, it lasts 10 years. You buy one now, it's going to stretch if it lasts 10 months. And that's a fact, and everybody knows it. I mean, take for example, um, this is just live, local, and late breaking here, Clinton. A can opener. We got one as a wedding gift. We had it for 12 years. Uh, I've bought in three this year because they're junk. Now, everybody knows this, Clinton. Everybody knows it. What's on those massive, unguarded cargo ships is basically just junk that has put high-quality items out of business. Every, everybody knows this. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I have many Jewish friends that exclusively shop online because they get everything made in Germany <laughs> or Israel. I'm not joking with you. I mean... I can name four off the top of my head that's never been to the mall. Never. They don't buy low-quality items. Now I'm going to read something, okay? And I want you to take that picture, those great big ships <laughs> on their way to Walmart, and listen. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. 
listen very carefully because he goes way out of his way to make sure that he tells you what type of cargoes it is. Cargoes of gold and silver and precious stones, pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and every kind of citron wood and every article of ivory and every article made from very costly wood and bronze and iron and marble. Don't you understand what he's saying? Let me go ahead and keep reading. And cinnamon and spice and incense and perfume and frankincense and wine and olive oil and fine flour and wheat and cattle and sheep, horses and chariots and slaves and human lives. Ladies and gentlemen, he's not talking about those great big cargo ships on their way to Walmart. Duh. He went way out of his way to name everything that at the time of Jesus would never been on board a Walmart cargo ship. He's talking about the merchant vessels armed with the crew and armed to the teeth. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do you actually think that uh, our military is guarding the uh, poppy fields? And they are. You can get our generals actually standing inside the poppy fields. Do you actually think that stuff comes over here on a Walmart cargo ship? That's funny. You actually think that you could trust a longshoreman with a cargo container full of gold? Really? Really? That, that's really what you think? Don't you realize that the items given here let you know? Let me ask Clinton a question. Clinton, um, I hear experts, financial experts, talk about this every now and again, about how the wealth re resides in a very small percentage of United States citizens. Do you remember the latest data on that? Is it like 10% or something like that of the percentage of wealth that lies in uh, that percentage of people's hands. Do, do you remember those figures? Well, you know, the, the exact figures, no, but the best comparison I can give you is the last time that the United States has seen the wealth disparity this bad. I mean, the, the majority of the wealth being with the rich and the majority of people being kind of close to poverty, the, the last time they, that this gap has been this far uh, was the Great Depression. You mean at the time of the Hoovervilles? You know what a Hooverville is, Clinton? Uh, a little before my time. Well, the Hoovervilles are in reference to the president during the Great Depression, Hoover. And they would build these shanty towns outside of all the major cities, and they were called Hoovervilles. <laughs> and the funny thing happened. Did you know that Hoover? Pulled out of the stock market weeks before it crashed, almost as if he magically knew it was going to happen. Did you know that? American people were mad as fire 
Yeah, that's, that's what happened last time. Hooverville, ladies and gentlemen, look it up. I'm not lying to you. Hoover pulled all his money out of the stock market days before the stock market crashed. And this very small portion, you know what? If I was to take historically this list that the Lord my God gave me, I could go back and you could find that same exact proportion, wealthy people to poor people that's in the United States right now. Well, in Rome, that's right. Don't you remember Marie Antoinette? Don't you remember what she said? When it was told her that there's no more bread, she just giggled and said, give them cake. Guess what the percentage <laughs> You know what? Robespierre knew what the ratio was. You all are just walking into a minefield, ladies and gentlemen. You do know that Napoleon knew Robespierre, right? Oh, you didn't know that? You didn't know that Napoleon was part of the French Revolution and all the beheadings? You didn't know that. That's amazing, isn't it? Why is it you don't know that? <laughs> who, who didn't want you to put two and two together? Ladies and gentlemen, this is going nowhere good, but this list given in Revelation, these goods historically were only sold to the wealthy. Now, what really bothers me is, well, why would this become the case in the end? Well, it just seems to me that Clinton just told us weeks ago that everything is being set up by our government to where all the wealth has to come back to the United States. I could have swore he said that. Clinton, didn't you tell us a few weeks ago that there was multiple fields of legislation where they were planning on bringing all the money back to the United States? Is is that correct or am I wrong? Am I remembering wrong? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. It's uh, built in the tax plan that they just passed this last week, uh, allowing, um, in Trump's own words, trillions of dollars to come back uh, to the United States um, relatively tax-free. <laughs> Excuse me? E Excuse me? Did you say trillions tax-free? That is correct. Oh, okay, so what you're saying is, oh, Oh my goodness, Clinton, I'm sorry I keep doing this to you in private and in public now, but <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, did you just did you just not hear what he said? All these wealthy people are going to come buy houses in places like Lake Tahoe. Why did I say Lake Tahoe? Uh I shouldn't have said that. Um ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. Who's in Lake Tahoe right now? But I got a feeling that I know him personally. 
and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm not meaning to pick on people in Lake Tahoe. Um, it, that was just random. Uh, well, Clinton and I were talking about the Florida Keys. Okay, that's what Clinton's trying to say. If these people come back to the United States, all those trillions are – they don't have to pay taxes on them. Don't you realize that's what he just said, and that's what your legislators – that's what they meant. That's what they meant. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't you realize that the only people that would not be buying the cargo on the ship that the Lord our God was talking about is mentioned last. It's the last thing in the verse. The slaves. This is how it's always been, and I'm so sorry to break that to you, but the Babylonians, the Assyria, every oh my goodness, the Chinese, go look it up. You've always got two class of people, the slaves and the people that buy slaves. Marie Antoinette knew it, lost her head over it, just like Robespierre. Everybody knows he's the father. He is the father of the guillotine, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, that's how he met his end as well. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm not lying to you. Revelation chapter 18, it's expecting you to at least know we're talking about three different kinds here. You have <laughs> you have the wealthy, you have the poor, and you have the merchants that bring the wealthy what they want. That's how it's worked for – not for some years, not for 10, not for 100, not for 1,000 that's how it wor- that that's how it's worked for all the years all of them everywhere and everybody knows it except in america <laughs> and let me make sure you know this i've never voted because i fear the lord my god just so you know i've never voted because I've done what my elders taught me to do. Research it if you can determine that they are not a Christian. You cannot cast your lot for the wicked. So I, I have researched every every candidate since I come of age. Sorry, never voted. So this is all on you. Clinton, your thoughts. You know, that's... Uh... A lot to talk about there. Now, it's it's hard to be in today's society, and you see democracy, and you see what the essence of it is supposed to be, and you want it to be that so badly. But then, when you look truly at what America has, it's it's a facade. It's it's not what we were told, and, and I think that's the problem that we have developing right now, just as a as a culture, as a people, is is we have this 
imaginary world unveiling in front of us. And you can see that from an economic standpoint, why people are jumping all over Bitcoin, why everyone is searching for the best way to, to make money. You can see it on a social impact, why everyone's jumping in any group that they can, why the alt-right is rising, why Antifa is rising. You know, you, you see not only just in the United States, but you see it everywhere. You know, when, when the United States, we have exported our ideology to everyone. And what we do in the United States affects everyone. Um, you know, look at the Middle East. You can look and see everything that's happened between Iraq and Iran is because of the United States. Everything from Osama bin Laden is because of what we did in the Middle East. You can see the creation of the Israeli state is because of us and what we did in Israel. And now what happened this week is because of us. It's, it's, if, if you don't see the connection, if you don't see the importance of the United States when it comes to the evolution of not only the church, but then the modern world, then, then open your eyes. I mean, people talk about, you know, the similarities between the United States and the Roman Empire. Well, they're there. They're absolutely there. And you can even draw connections from the Roman Empire to the United States. So that's where prophecy leads us. This is, this is exactly where we're at. So I'm not sure how far that you want me to go, Matthew, so I'll just hand it back over to you, man. Well, that's that's good enough. I mean, you're you're speaking from your heart. You're saying what God has given you is leading you to these judgments and conclusions, and that's all any of us can ask for. You know, Clinton, you and I talked about this in private, so now I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, because this is serious, Clinton. Everybody knows something bad is going to happen to Damascus. Everybody knows that. Can you give us some recent events, things that's hit the news, that has happened or is going to happen pretty soon that would take this entire quagmire we've got going on here and set a match to it? I mean, anything like that at all, Clinton? Oh yeah, there, there's there's plenty that is kind of leading to this, and and I think when 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 we're looking at this, we need to think at every aspect of everything. the The easy answer is to go into what is happening here in the end of January, but before I get to that, I'll, I'll kind of just bring out some interesting points that happened in 2017. And the reason for that is everyone, every prophecy teacher out there, everyone that's watching the news, anyone that feels anything knows that something is happening. Something is developing. Well, you can look at the stars. People talked about the great American eclipse. They talked about, you know, the September 23rd sign, you know, they talked about the blood moons. I mean, everyone is seeing that there's something going on. Well, in 2017, there was numerous anniversaries, and I think they're trying to catch our attention. And 
I'm just going to go through these and then I'll go into your answer. Um, basically, we have the 70-year anniversary of the creation of the Israeli state happened in 2017. We have the 50-year anniversary of the, uh, if the state of Israel getting control of Jerusalem. We have the 100-year anniversary of the Russian revolutions. We have the 150-year anniversary of the Alaskan Purchase. You know, just a side note, when Trump was inaugurated on January 20th, he was 70 years old, seven months and seven days as well. Um, it's been a 100-year anniversary from the U.S. entry into World War I. It was a 50-year anniversary of the Six-Day War. It was a 250-year anniversary of the creation of Canada. It was the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther's 95 Thesis, which was written on October 31st, 1517. It was the 100-year anniversary of the Belfar Declaration. It was the 50-year anniversary of the overflow or overthrow of the Greek monarchy. It was the 100-year anniversary of the birth of JFK, which was on May 29th. And it was the 50-year anniversary of the UN Security Council Resol Resolution 242, which calls for the withdrawal after the Six-Day War from Israel out of the territories that they gained control of. All of these events kind of blinking as something. And when you, when you think of it on this kind of level, okay, so why all these anniversaries? Why these important dates? Why 50, 100, 70? Why these points? And then you see what's happening here. Not only do we have on January 29th and January 30th, or the, actually 28th and the 29th of January, we have Turkey. Iran and Russia meeting in Syria to sign a treaty, a peace treaty inside Syria that, that coincides with some astrological events as well. We have also building up to that now reports that the ante needs to be upped with the whole Jerusalem thing. No longer is the United States going to be happy with just recognizing the state of Jerusalem or the you know city of Jerusalem, they're going to recognize the state of Israel as a Jewish state, which means that the Palestinians have to go. They don't have the ability to be anywhere in Israel. They're already talking this. They're already drawing up resolutions to push the Palestinians out. Like this is, this is legitimate. This is what they are planning on doing. And the problem with this is in 2018, there's a 25-year anniversary that's coming up. 25, half of a jubilee. And that is of the Oslo Agreement, signed between Israel, Palestine, brokered by the United States. Now, the, the interesting thing about this is Yasser Arafat was the head of the Palestinians when they signed that. Shortly after the signing of the agreement, Yasser Arafat died. To this day, we don't know why. It was mysterious events. But within minutes, someone was voted in as the heir apparent. And that person is Mahmoud Abbas, the same guy that just about a week ago or a month ago uh, gained his power back because, well, they'd taken it from him. So here, 25 years later, the same guy that brokered the peace deal 
between Israel and the United States is now there to possibly break the peace deal. When, when you think of time, it makes it, makes it hard to understand prophecy. That's the hardest part about anything in prophecy is understanding time, understanding when certain things are going to happen in the time frame that they go and insist. We're told that in Daniel's 70th week that there's going to be a treaty made, a treaty with many countries. And in the midst of that week, it's going to be broken. But how do you define that week? Well, we have God obviously telling us, pay attention to these anniversaries, pay attention to these dates, pay attention to these years, pay attention to these days that are popping up. And now an agreement, a peace treaty that was signed 25 years ago is now in jeopardy at the halfway point of the Jubilee. So, Matthew, the best answer I can give you is we have something coming up and something January big. Not only do we have the United States government that has to try to avoid another shutdown on January 19th, and the Democrats have always said they're not doing a temporary one, and the Republicans said they're not passing one until we get a wall, so you know where that's going. And then 10 days later we have possibly the unification of what many people see within Ezekiel 38, 39. And the problem is, is when you have a country like Syria and that's run by a dictator like Assad that is already moving towards the Golan Heights. There's reports today that came out that said Assad is already moving his troops that way. Do you think Israel's going to stand by? And allow Syria to do this. Do you think Israel is going to stand by and let the coalition spoken about in Ezekiel form and use their proxy of Syria to attack them? Do you think they're really going to stand by? Well, we may have to only wait a month to find out because that agreement possibly can be signed at the end of January. So, Matthew, I'll answer. I'll pass it back to you. How, what was the dollar amount on this uh, federal government spending thing? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. There's so much money involved in this. So I, they have all the emergency funding that they've had to spend for all the hurricanes that hit in Puerto Rico and Texas and, and Florida. They have all the wildfires in California that they've passed emergency spending on. They've ma- passed a military spending, you know, where it's like $800 billion they've just done for the military. They, they have to do a temporary extension for CHIP. They have all these things that they're saying they're going to spend money on, and they've spent so much already. I think that's part of the hardest reason of trying to make a budget is they don't have an idea how much they've already spent. Well, that was kind of my question. I mean, I know that I released uh, stuff on my Twitter that we'd already broke the record in 2017 for disaster spending. Does the budget include what we've already spent 
in the disaster arena that but, uh, right here's the article I finally found it um, here's the headline from CBS News U.S. experienced record-breaking $15 billion natural disasters. Now, if that wasn't enough, Clinton, um, it would seem like to me that the world's in trouble as well because uh, here's the headline from Money uh, at CNN. Disaster costs jumped 60% this year to $306 billion worldwide. And uh, can I ask a stupid question? Is some of this UN funding that we're going to pull back, uh, Clinton, would that include disaster spending to those nations, or is that something else? Is that a different budget? You know, I'm I'm not sure, but I would assume that that would be part of the budget. So if we're not going to spend all this money with all these you know countries, then yeah, that we're going to save a lot of money by doing that. Well, you realize that. These two articles came out the very same day. Here, let, let me read the headlines and where they're from again. CBS News published this on uh, – U.S. experiences record-breaking $15 billion natural disasters in 2017. The same day, CNN Money published disaster costs jump over 60% this year to $306 billion worldwide. Is it <laughs> so? We've not only broken the national record for national disasters; we've broken the global record for natural disasters, and nobody's worried. I mean, <laughs> I really don't think people are putting two and two and two together because I think the amount of information going on here is too much for one individual to wrap their minds around. Yes, we are ecstatic that, uh, you know, um, as a nation, uh, Jerusalem is, I mean, it's not up for debate. Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Everybody knows it. Duh. But ladies and gentlemen, it's almost like the desires of the conservative class of Americans, their desires are actually being used exactly the same way that you bake a Trap. When the real things, let me say it again. So the president POTUS and all the conservatives that, you know, are backing him, all these, you know, senators and congressmen, so they're right now working on a bill to abolish abortion. Right now they're working on a bill to get prayer back in school. Have you all forgotten what's really important 
to the ecclesia. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't you all realize that it's what the hunted desire that is used to bait the trap. That's why before this election, I'm on public record as saying, yeah, he'll be elected, and yeah, you will regret it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is real. Listen. Let's read about this present. POTUS's stance, and he said it himself in that clip I prayed, or that, that, that clip that, that I played, who his hero was. He never mentioned the Lord Jesus Christ. He said the great man Peel, right? Right? His preacher? Here's a quote. It has a sort of drug effect on people to be told they don't need to worry. They keep coming back for more. It keeps their minds on a superficial level and encourages emotional dependency. It is an escape from reality. People under stress do one of two things, seek shelter or respond to harsh reality by deeper recognition of what they are up against. The people who flock to the peace of mind preachers are seeking shelter. They don't want to face reality. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, uh, Peel was denounced as a heretic and his church occult. And that's the truth. I mean, this, that that's like I said, the earliest of these publications was 1955. This was common knowledge. Uh, he is where the prosperity gospel came from. And it amazes me because I was looking on the same – and I did this today – Preparation for this broadcast. I went to those very ministries that keep saying they're here to expose the truth, expose the truth, expose the truth. Every one of these ministries had posted videos and written up articles about the heresy of these prosperity preachers. And at the very same time, was posting all kinds of stuff that was pro-Trump. That don't even make sense to me. I mean, it's like everybody not knowing 
Look, I'm going to tell you the truth. What I'm telling you is the truth. Nostradamus, when he was writing about the bad guy, he was writing about John Calvin because he was right there living in the same town as he, watching John Calvin order children to be whipped in the public square. No, ladies and gentlemen, Nostradamus wasn't talking about the Pope. You didn't know they lived at the same time in the same city? Why don't you know that? Why? Why don't you know that Robespierre knew Napoleon? Uh, no, really. You, you really don't know that. This is a troubling time for me. You know, let me make sure I make this clear. But no, I don't think we should be funding our enemies. I never did. No, I didn't ever think that we should be shipping our jobs overseas. But when the rubber hits the road, ladies and gentlemen, I don't hate anybody, and I don't wish any women and children to come under duress. Uh, because I know the dire threat that emanates from Matthew 24, verse 19. I know, <laughs> I know the entirety of the prophecies. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm not trying to rain on your party, and I'm not trying to say that it's bad to be a Republican. I'm trying to say that there's no such thing as a Republican and Democrat. It's only been a kleptocracy for decades now. You can go to the Republicans, look at their voting record. You can catch them multiple times voting Democrat. You go across the aisle, look at the Democrats, and you can multiple times catch them voting Republicans. They vote whoever, whichever special, special interest group pays them the most money. That's how they vote. Everybody knows it. Everybody. This is not a secret. It's not a secret. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I, I had some pretty Interesting correspondence this week, people asking me to teach them knowledge, and it reminded me of the apocalypse of Isaiah. And I'm going to read you something that's in reference to Matthew 24, verse 19 that I mentioned, okay? This verse is from the apocalypse of Isaiah. To whom would he teach knowledge, and to whom would he interpret the message? Those weaned from milk, those just taken from the breast, 
It bothers me that prophecy experts with 20 years under their belts don't know what verse that came from, and they had no idea that that was a direct reference, and God wasn't playing around. That's exactly what he intends to do. Yet they pull up, and I got all kinds of correspondence back yelling and screaming at me because, well, I don't find no cross-references uh between Matthew 24, verse 19, and Isaiah 28, verse 9? Well, of course you didn't. Well, who published that? Of course there's no cross-references to that verse. Because they never wanted you to know it. You know, Brian just sent me a link. Um, Let me jump over here. I'm not sure what he sent me, but it must be important. I was looking at God's Word. Let me see here. Uh, Brian just published over on uh, over at attentionshow.com, Trump worship (laughs) Norman Peel's The Power of Positive Thinking's Dark Roots. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know, ladies and gentlemen, am I that dumb? Brian, this is, this is, Brian published this on June the 11th, 2017, and I guess I was too busy. Actually, this is when I was working out of town, this date is, so he would have published this when I was working out of town, so I couldn't talk to him every morning. You need to go look this up, ladies and gentlemen. It's over on uh, over attentionshow.com. I'm getting the link right now and putting it up on my Twitter, which means it will go directly to the Facebook page. And um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, and I don't know why any of you would expect me to be at the top of my game uh, with. Brian, not in the saddle with us, Uh, so I have no idea what he wrote here. Um, But whatever he had to say, he obviously um, already knew it and published on it in preparation for this. So uh, (laughs) I can't even do without Bri when, uh, wow, I can't even do without him when he's not here. He says he is on the switchboard. I see his number. Let's see if this is the Bry. But let me say this, um, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my wife's probably going to be upset with me because he's wound up on the switchboard. Uh, but it was my wife's um, feeling that uh, one should not do in time Tribune. Um, we should not do it without Brian. And... Uh, so that's why we just we just put together this show, the Clinton and I. So, uh, Brian, uh, thanks for coming on, and I take it that you had your two cents that you wanted to add in here, bud. All right, do you hear me? I've got you just fine, bud. 
Okay, well, apparently the white button, um, that's, that's cute because it's supposed to be muted, and it's not. That's great. Um, well, yeah, I caught what you guys were talking about earlier on and have plugged back and forth while you guys have been on air here. And, yeah, that, uh, that piece I did up in June. And, well, folks, that goes actually um, – Prosperity Gospel, you'll come to find out, actually goes – Back late to the 1800s, and it comes straight out of the occult. And what bothers me, Brian, is that at the time uh, that that book was was published, you had multiple uh, denominations, the upper echelons of those denominations, coming out and say, "Hey, this is this is heresy. This is occult." Uh, because this was the modern springboard for it, was the publication of his book. And and it's like, really, Brian, I, today in preparation for the show, I went and, and they're so easy to find because they're exposing the truth. Right, Brian? That's their ministry. That's what they do. They don't, they don't preach the gospel. They expose the truth. All of them had multiple videos. I mean, they'd obviously taken great time to make some of these videos. I saw some that was upwards of, you know, like two hours long documentary that that, that these particular ministries had made about the prosperity gospel preachers. These same people were screaming at the top of their lungs, Trump is appointed by God. To deliver America from her sins. I mean, they didn't use that quite that particular language, but that's what they meant, Brian. That's what they meant. And it just blows me away that he come out in public and told everybody he does not need to repent. Really, really. I just. Brian, I, I don't get it. Your your thoughts on these these people? I I just don't get it, Brian. What what's your thoughts? Well, it was several months back. I spent collecting all the little tidbits of the comments. For instance, the uh, I don't need to repent. You can go out and you can watch that video with your own eyes, folks. It's out there in broad daylight. There's they're having a great big interview in front of a church. They went at it and asked him all these questions, and he said, no, I don't need to. Uh, you know, I just try to do better. And the guy kind of looked at him, tried to ask him again. He went into some other diatribe. And and yet this is the guy that you, they think is going to save America from its sins? Wow, folks, that's frightening. That really quite is, because we've been drug into quite a quagmire ever since this election cycle flared up. Well, Brian, you know, I normally, I really don't have to say that, do I? I really don't have to. Well, I really do have to. A sister of ours posted an article, how can I get, oh, about Roger Stone. (coughs) Excuse me. About how Roger Stone had went to the shooting range with another individual, 
which I'm not going to mention. And had this big, long diatribe about, really about civil war. And the only reason why I looked at it, you know, anything with his name attached to it, I don't look at. But when our sister Jenny posted this, I'm like, wait a minute. Surely she didn't post anything from his website. Well, she didn't. It was from uh, Salon, I think, Salon Magazine. So I go over and look at it. And Brian, this is getting real. These crusaders spent some time yesterday looking into it. These people are for real getting ready for civil war. For real. What what's your what's your thoughts on that, Brian? Oh yeah, well it's, we talked about that yesterday. This has been going on for this has been the rhetoric that's been going on for a while over on Alex Jones. When um, the uh, what was it, the Charlottesville event happened, where the uh, well, he was a white supremacist, drove his car into that crowd of people and killed that woman. Um, they were already starting that rhetoric up then. That um, you know, they first started stating that oh, they're going to say that Trump is mentally incompetent and you know this, that, and the other thing. And, folks, you better start gearing up for civil war because they're going to uh, they're going to impeach him. And, oh, we have it on – Rodney Howard Brown has word from a CIA operative that they're going to assassinate him. This is the kind of garbage they're pushing over there at Alex Jones. Now, you know, most people are probably going, you know, cuckoo, cuckoo, Alex Jones, but problem is, folks – it goes straight from Alex Jones right over onto Fox News, and they are a sounding board for one another. This has been going on nonstop. Now, um, Matthew, I'm going to call back on the computer here and hang up the phone, so I'll dial right back in. Okay, gotcha. No problem. Clinton, what's what's your ideas on this? I don't know if you've been looking at this or not, but Clinton, this is real. No, no, no. Now, look, let me make sure I make myself clear. Not Brian, not Clinton, and certainly not I. We don't want anybody to get assassinated. Get real. So, and let me make sure everybody knows this. We are not liberal. We are not conservative. We are Christians. Okay? So our political view here on the End Time Tribune is the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes. That's, that's it. And they pertain to Lottie Dottie everybody, even Palestinians that are living in Jerusalem, and they have to live there because all the Arab nations won't allow them into their borders. So they literally have nowhere to go. Okay, we are pro-men, women, and children. We're not pro-Italian. We're not pro-Eskimo. We're not uh, uh, pro-Libyan. The End Time Tribune believes and holds to this. We are pro-men, women, and children. So, 
Clinton, your thoughts on this this quagmire that we're creating? Because today I watched both sides. I watched some videos on the left, and man, they're not joking. And then I watched these conservatives on the right. They're not joking either. And this is getting serious. Your your thoughts on it, Clinton? Well, you know, back, uh, you know, I would say um, during the Bush administration, there was a video that came out called Outfoxed. And I remember watching it. And what it would do is it would take a news story presented by Fox News. And then it would take that same exact story and it would present it from the European standpoint. And you could see how that story got twisted, like it, it drastically twisted. And this is back in, you know, 2003, 2004, right at the beginning of the Iraq war. And, and they've just perfected this even more to the point that it, Fox news is so divisive. And, and I'm not saying that they're the only ones. I mean, you can see the, the Avenue on the other side, but, but all this is doing is this is catering to the extremist groups this is catering to the fringes. I mean, that you have extremists that are Democrats, you have extremists that are Republicans, you have extremists that are Christians, you have extremists that are Muslims, you have extremists that are atheists, you have extremists that are anti-fascist, you, know, you have extremists in every group of society that you want to blame. Um, but what, what the media is doing is it's, it's inciting them, and it's inciting them to be against each other. Um, now, this this movement that has been happening within the Republican Party through the religious right has been growing for years. Um, I mean, there's not only have they used the militias to strengthen their, their ability to endure the end times, but they've, you know, expend, extended it on to, you know, survival training to, you know, making sure they stock on food and, and clothing and, gold and silver or whatever it may be because they're preparing for a civil war for an apocalypse. And even if it's not a civil war based off of, you know, right versus left or black versus white or rich versus poor, it's a civil war of the government versus the people. And, and so either way you want to hash it out, these groups are preparing for exactly that. Well, you know, let me hesitate with my next comment. Brian is back on the switchboard. Uh, Brian, you have the floor. Uh, your thoughts and comments um, right now. Just jump in here, and you can just take over if you'd like. That's, that's perfectly fine with me. Well, you can see that things are definitely – well, they want to give you the perception that it's spinning in that direction. Um, you know, obviously, we've got a lot of people that are ticked off on both sides of the equation now, and we've got them out protesting in one form or another. Things get riled up, as we've seen with some of these very protests, obviously, you know, the infamous um, Antifa. I can't necessarily say that they're um, – Squeaky, squeaky clean with how they've carried on with what they've been doing too because they've definitely been prone to violence as well. Now, there was an interesting article that came out earlier this week that pointed out that all of this, uh, the varied um, 
nationalist and populist movements that have been going on worldwide has also been causing another effect, and that's the um, the separatist movements that have been flaring up. For instance, Catalonia just came up again this week in the news, which was ironic because we were talking about this earlier in the week privately, about where in the heck is that all went to? Well, it flared back up again because in Spain they just held their elections. We just had the Kurdish referendum, which obviously we saw how bad things went with that in Iraq. Well, it's not done there because now that we have Syria winding down, we have the situation with the Kurds in Syria, which there's multiple people vying for them having their parcel of land and doing things their own political way. How far that will go towards independence, who knows? But we have groups in Iran and obviously in Turkey as well. And the more you keep seeing these right-wing groups on one side, you're seeing these separatist moves moving on the other side. Now, what is that ultimately – where do you end up? You still end up with this civil war or maybe to put it into more clarity, the first two riders are still staring you right in the face. But, you know – Maybe it's time to consider cause and effect here because the media itself, if it keeps playing things the way they are, well, who's riling people up more so? Is it the media? And I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news and state things the way they are, but I see a lot of blind following going on with everything that's stated out of one side of the media or the other. So, I don't know. Well, you you obviously have to have two groups pitted against each other. And, you know, Brian, let me say it again. We are not liberal and we are not conservative. We are Christians. What that means biblically, that's, that's what we are. Now, there are a lot of things that the liberals stand up for, which is righteous. And there are a lot of things that the conservatives stand up for, that is righteous. No doubt about it. But ladies and gentlemen, this could only go to one thing, bloodshed. And the Lord your God has warned you well in advance. Therefore, repent. Speaking of the present POTUS, therefore, repent, or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Let's go to the next reference. If anyone is destined for captivity, into captivity he goes. Ladies and gentlemen, the Greek is very clear. The Greek says that if you lead into captivity, into captivity you will go, just, just for clarity. The second part, if anyone kills with the sword, with the sword he must be killed. Here is the perseverance and faith of the saints. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't take part in this no more than the Jews could take part of what happened in the Jewish wars back in 70, 
A.D. And, and you need to please believe what Jesus said. Please. You can't let your lot be cast with the wicked, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm sure there's a lot of good people that are liberals. But if you get on one side of the fence of a civil war, uh, 99% of the people that surround you, they are not, whether you are or not, you can't cast your lot with those people. If you're conservative, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure there's very good conservatives out there that call themselves conservative and they're part of the conservative groups. But if you think that's a whole lot of the conservatives that's on the other side of this civil war is righteous, oh my goodness, you've got another thing coming. And the Lord your God is going to do exactly what he told you he was going to do. He wasn't lying. I don't understand why people read the Bible, God's holy word, and they read it like they're reading a storybook. They don't believe what comes out of God's own mouth. They don't believe that they, they, they don't believe him. He said, if it gets to bloodshed, he's going to make sure it's your blood that is shed. That's what he just said. And that's what he meant. He didn't mean something else. Clinton, your thoughts on these things. I'm sure that you have plenty of friends that are on one side of this fence. What's, what's your thoughts on the escalation here? Are we seeing dangerous levels of escalation with this rhetoric on both sides? Because I, like I said, I watched videos this afternoon from both sides, and I mean they were – Vile in their intentions. So, your thoughts? Yeah, unfortunately, both sides are going to the extreme, and and this is this is by design. And the the reason I say it's by design is, well, they've done the same tactic in the Middle East. You, you take two different groups, uh, you're both your enemies, and, and you bid them against each other and let them kill each other. That's that's what the strategy is in the Middle East. That's what the United States has always done in the Middle East. And now we can see that happening within the United States. I mean, there's a reason why gun sales have jumped as much as they have. There's a reason why the United States people are motivated by fear. If you motivate you know, everyone by love, then we wouldn't have any of these issues. But the fact that everyone in the United States is motivated by fear means that you have the shooting in Las Vegas that came out that we're going to have to wait a year before the release documents because they can't give us a motive because it doesn't fit in their narrative because, well, ISIS claimed responsibility. We have this illusion of what is real and what is not. We have the, and, and I blame, you know, technology, I blame the internet as part of the reason for this is, is, People are getting so deep into what they believe is real, what they believe is true, 
that they have forgotten to find out what is real and what is true. I mean, there's a reason why that this time is so deceptive. Because if you do not have a strong foundation in Scripture, then you are not going to know what is going on. And that is what's happening on both sides. The, the Christian right thinks that they understand Scripture and that they're following it, but what they have been taught is incorrect. I'm sorry if you're waiting for the rapture to take you away, uh, you're, you're going to be waiting a while because it doesn't happen till the end. So, so what you're taught right there is wrong. If you can't evaluate that, then you can't see anything else. So, so you're wrong there. On the, the liberal side, you think that, well, we have to save the climate. We have to make sure that climate change is, is fixed and that we're going to make sure that we're all correct. Well, they came out saying that it doesn't matter how many trees we plant. From this point on, we can never remove the carbon dioxide out of the ozone, out of our air. We cannot do it, no matter how many plants we plant. They came out that yesterday. So both are wrong. Both their thoughts are wrong. The only analogy that is true is we're headed down one-way path, which is described in Scripture. And we see that developing. So yes, this peace being taken from the earth, this, this right versus left, this black versus you know, white, this whatever you want to call it that is developing all across the globe is, is tearing the fabric of our society apart. And my fear is, is going to continue to grow. And Matthew, to answer your question, are we headed towards a, a civil war? Do I see that? I hope not. But unfortunately, what I'm seeing on the Internet from both sides of it is both sides of it have forgotten how to listen. And both sides of it are getting to the point that they see no other option but to take it in their own hands. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe it, but somehow I've managed to oh, have not only Alex Jones mentioned on my program today, but the rapture as well. You know, let's be sure about this. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the only reason why you probably know about the rapture was the release of a Thief in the Night, 1972. Yes, the beginning of the decade, the the me decade. Uh, yes, this was all propaganda. It, it's it's common knowledge, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, matter of public record that that's where uh, you know the Left Behind series comes from. Um, you can catch them. I mean, it's all over. It's a matter of public record. LaHaye and Jenkins both uh, cited uh, the Iowa-based uh, <laughs> filmmaker <laughs> that made the Thief in the Night series. Yes, it was a series, and yes, most people watched it at church. Most people don't know this. It was the first and best-known film of the Thief in the Night series. It was also, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness, it was the pioneer of the entire Christian film genre. 
it was where rock music was brought into uh, the Christian film and horror aspects. Ladies and gentlemen, this this is entertainment on a biblical scale. But let me make sure that you're you're allowed to put all these elements together. If you take part in a civil war because you think it's going to bring on the apocalypse, I'm here to tell you, don't think you're going to get raptured before the Armageddon occurs that you caused. The Lord your God has promised you, because when he speaks, there is no question about what he says, so it's a, every word that comes out of his mouth is a promise, and you can take it to the bank. And he has told you full well in advance that those who live by the sword will die by the sword. He's promised you that. He has also promised you, ladies and gentlemen. I'll read it. It was also given him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a promise. So why did I point out what the Greeks said earlier about if you lead them to captivity, into captivity you will go. Ladies and gentlemen, the only thing you can do, you cannot fight, you cannot surrender, you must flee. And you're not going to be raptured before these things happen. Because God don't lie. He, he doesn't lie. Ladies and gentlemen, how could the gathering of the saints possibly occur before this verse? Let me read it one more time. It was also given authority him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Do you not understand that? You need to consider this, that the only way that the children of Israel escaped was through the Red Sea. Well, I was just going around about to thinking some things over you guys have brought up before and it kind of goes back into what you were bringing up as well you know how many of these things are we dealing with here folks that okay false biblical teachings have been front and center in the news everybody not comprehend why it was that the evangelicals were pushing so hard for Trump to make this resolution concerning Jerusalem? It's that one word that was just brought up a few minutes ago. I mean, that's the gist of what you guys have been talking about on and off throughout the night. We just had, you know, of course, the um, non-binding resolution that went through after Turkey threw together a bill and, you know, brought it into the UN and all the nations voted against uh, Trump's resolution. We had the Oslo Accords come up. You know, of course, 
Yeah, we had uh, Yasser Arafat of the PLO, but let us not forget, was Yitzhak Rabin that was also there. And folks, you better look into it. You better look into Netanyahu's hand and what happened to Yitzhak Rabin. Because it's Netanyahu that's sitting in Jerusalem, in Israel, as we speak. You know, Clinton, your and there was another. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry. Go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just there was one irony in something you guys had made a statement about earlier too. Um, now, the only two nations aligned with one another are Israel and America. That's rather frightening when you look at that from the context of other places in the world because, you know, one of those nations. You guys have brought up Ezekiel 38 and 39. What is that, Persia? Don't they call America and Israel something? And all of a sudden we find the two of them being the only allies right now at this point? That's frightening. Frightening and prophetic, I would say. Clinton, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I mean, we just have a wide range of a lot of different things happening all at the same time. And we haven't even got into, you know, what's happening with, you know, within the sky. Um, you know, I, I know Matthew and I have had uh, a couple conversations over the last week uh, about, you know, the different events that are coming and it's it's unbelievable. Like some people talked about the, the entrance of Saturn into Capricorn. And, you know, I'm not as versed as it comes from to astrology as what Matthew is, but it's, it's amazing to understand what's happening on the, the political scene, what's happening in Israel, especially what's happened this last week, and then understanding what's happening from the astrological standpoint as well. Um, and it's just, it's just all pieces of the, the same puzzle just all coming together all in perfect unison, all at the same time. So it's 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 just magical to watch. Well, Clinton, I'm sitting here looking at your timeline. I'm just going to read one item. You know, I... And I... Take note that it's line item number 432, and you don't even have a clue what that means. This is what you wrote in your notes. On this particular date, final of three supermoons that culminates with a supermoon lunar eclipse. On January 31st, 2018, followed 10 days later with Mars in conjunction with the faithful witness inside the sign of the restrainer. I got a lot of flack. And and righteously so. I shouldn't be posting articles about astrologers screaming at the top of their lungs uh, that this winter solstice was extremely bad. And they all knew it. It was all published beforehand. Nobody understood what was going on. But ladies and gentlemen, this – Brian, should I talk about the sign that this was pointing to 
God was obviously wanting us to lock our eyes on the sign of the capricious suns. Do you think we should? Do you think we should talk about that, or not? Because if not, I won't. Might as well touch on it, because I mean, I think we're already here, no matter what. It's where things are headed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is what happened. My we we had a fire here. So we had to go stay in the Reader Community Center. There was discussion with all of us, the Millers, because we were all in one room, sleeping in one great big room. And I decided to forward Brian some things that's going to happen isochronally. You need to try to understand that God can say many things with just one thing that comes out of his mouth. And Brian and I have tried to relay that to you that God can say ten things. He can mean ten things with what he says. But please understand this, that Matthew chapter 2, verse 9, it has multiple layers. And I'm not going to go into the Hebrew or the Greek. You just need to understand this, that literally what he's saying is, is an opposition of a sign in the heavens. That's when at midnight, a particular sign in the heavens will be directly at a 90-degree angle over you. That's what he's One of the things he's referring to here in verse 9. After hearing the king, they went away, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before until it came and stood over the place where the child was. You have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that the best way to understand what God talks about in the Bible when he says that time is isochronal it's cyclical, is taking apart or taking the back off of a clock, and I mean a real clock, a mechanical clock, not an electronic clock. You will see multiple gears spinning at different velocities. It's all those combinations of things that creates folds of time. If you're not an astronomer, you would know that the last time that Mars was in opposition in the sign of the capricious suns was July of 1939. You can't find this anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. You have to know the celestial coordinates. You have to know where the sign of the capricious sun is, or what you call Capricorn. That's in the 20th hour in the heavens. So when you look back at the charts, you have to know what degrees to look for in the heavens because they're not going to tell you it's in the sign of Capricorn, the capricious sun. It's not going to tell you it's in the sign of the restrainer. They're not going to do that because they know what it means. Ladies and gentlemen, I sent pictures and all the details to what's going to happen the next time Mars does this in the sign of the capricious suns. Brian, what else happens that night? 
that very night, as a matter of fact. I oh, I don't recall off the top of my head. It was just there, and then it disappeared. That's all right. The Lord wants me to share it. I shared it with you. I shared it with Clinton. I guess it's my job to share Ladies and gentlemen, the next time that happens is July the 27th, 2018. The exact night there's a conjunction between the sign of war and the faithful witness. It's that very same night that Mars is in opposition in the capricious suns that there is a full blood moon. Let me say that again. July 27th, 2018. There is a blood moon. There is a conjunction between the moon and Mars. Mars is in opposition the same place it was in July of 1939. If you wanted a sign of war, that's exactly what God would do, and he would set precursors for this in the sign of the capricious sun so you would know to look there. Now, me and Brian have just, to a point of exhaustion, reminded you over and over and over that Saturn has always been on every timeline, in every location, the sign of the Father. And what just happened on the winter solstice, that's why all of the pagans no, it's very bad, very, very bad that Saturn went behind the sun during the winter solstice in the sign of the capricious suns. It's extremely bad. God is setting you up so that you would know to keep your eye on the sign of the capricious suns. Those of the first resurrection that will rule and reign with Christ with their feet firmly planted on the ground while their tail frolics in the heavens as they get their marching orders from those God detailed in the verse that I read to you earlier in Isaiah chapter 8 or 28, I'm sorry. These things are real. They're real. Go look them up when the last time that Mars was in opposition in the sign of the capricious suns. Go look up and find out what happened July 1939. Clinton, your thoughts on this first, and then we'll get Brian's thoughts. <laughs> well, it's just uh, the beginning of the timeline. Um, you know, you, you, you talked about the a uh, sign that appears in January, you know, and then the sign that appears shortly after that on February 8th. And then now the sign that appears in July. Now the, the, the problem is the last time also that this sign appeared in 1939 was the same year that the Jews had to register with the Germans and had their possessions confiscated while they were sent to the concentration camps. Um, this is a very bad sign 
that is appearing and interesting just everything else because once you continue on with the timeline past that point you see other things develop as well which is just amazing that everything is just laid out in front of you amazing i would call it awesome but yes i do agree now brian we know you well, they don't know. The listener doesn't know the um, fantastic amount of studying you've done on the timeline with folds of time, the 120-year sequence, the – oh, my goodness. You've just done a mind-boggling amount of behind-the-scenes research on these folds of time as time is cyclical, as eschatology is isochronal. That's what God says. So your thoughts – on these signs coming up, the signs that have already occurred. What's your personal thoughts on it? Well, as you just pointed out, that repetition, the 120-year cycle starting from 1899 going to 2019. When you break those down, you end up, if you take those four riders, the four craftsmen, Zechariah. If you lock those into a threefold repetition, first one of those with the black horse, that lands in 1939. Now, you brought up July 1939, but everybody don't forget September of 1939 is when World War II officially started rolling when Nazi Germany invaded Poland. Now, you roll the clock forward 40 more years, you end up on 1979, which is also 2,300 years after Alexander the Great's death. What all happened on ni- in 1979? Well, let's see. Uh, 1979. Afghanistan with Russia invading Afghanistan. We had the Iranian Revolution. We also had major things going on with Israel with the precursors of what led to the later Oslo Accords. That's where the second repetition falls. Everything that happened in 1979 has led to where we sit today because those CIA-funded... Fighters, the Mujahideen that were sent in there, some of those coming through from Saudi Arabia, well, they became Al-Qaeda. That brought us to what? September 11th, 2001. What's going on with Iran right now as we speak? What's happening with the announcement the United States just made officially crossing out the Oslo Accords, because that's essentially what this has done. So I'd say everything's kind of coming (laughs) full circle two times, coming to that third time. Well, gentlemen, we're in overtime. I know we dropped a pretty big bomb here in the last, well... Right when we went off air, so we've only got exactly 10 minutes left in overdrive. 
I personally want to make sure that everybody realizes that we're not pro or anti left or right. We are pro the Bible, God's holy word. We are pro Ten Commandments. We are pro Beatitudes. That's what we are. If you are upset at this broadcast, contact me. Um, You can send me a Facebook message. Uh, You can send me a message on Twitter. You can email me at intimetribune at mail.com. I'll be more than happy. Uh, Send me your phone number, and I will call you. It's not a problem. I talk to people all over the planet all the time. I understand that some of the things we talked about uh, cast in a bad light, and I'm sorry about that. That was not directed at you personally. Some of the things we said uh, cast the, uh, the other side of the aisle in a bad light. I'm sorry about that. We're not trying to do that. We are not left or right, ladies and gentlemen, because we here on the End Time Tribune, and let me make myself perfectly clear, Clinton, Brian, and I have every intention of going through the narrow gate that can only be gone through on the straight path. So we're not left or right. We're pro-refugee. We are pro-men, women, and children. Clinton, uh, your closing thoughts and your contact information and websites, please. You know, everyone, uh, have a Merry Christmas uh, coming up. Um, You know, remember what's important in this life. And, you know, as things develop, um, it's going to get out of hand very quickly, unfortunately. Um, And just hold true to your faith as best you can. That's the only thing that's going to get any of us through any of this. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, it's, my handle is Clinton Coach. Uh, all the news articles we ever talk about are always posted there. Or you can find me on my website, uh, ClintonCoach.com. Thank you very much, and may God guide you on your journey. Brian, your closing comments and uh, contact information and website, please. You can find me on Twitter at Overt Attention Show, and my website is OvertAttentionShow.com. You can contact me at TheBandsOfTime at gmail.com. And thanks for joining us, folks. God bless. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I, I request of you, those that are members of the Ecclesia, to say a prayer for Brian. And everyone... And the Ecclesia should be praying for their brothers and sisters. You know, the more time that you spend praying for other people's needs, the less likely you're going to be accused of being a lover of yourself.
Fear the Lord thy God and serve him only. Love him with all your heart. You know, ladies and gentlemen, just start by trying to love the children. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed. This is Matthew Miller. And I truly do want to be gathered together with you at the Tabernacle of David. And I would do anything for you to make sure that happened.